Perception, Perception is reality. Reality. Well, hello there, folks, and welcome to this 173rd episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. I hope you're doing well. As you can hear, my voice is not 100%, and I've tried to let it rest. I've tried to give it a little bit of time in between various takes, but it is what it is, and it kind of goes with the theme of this show. Generally, in the intro portion of the show, I tend to be happy and bubbly, and I try to be all excited to get you pumped up. I'm wanting you to be excited about listening, and I'm wanting you to share the show. And I have to say, this is a serious topic, and I feel very upset about what has happened with this episode. Um, I don't feel happy about what we're going to be talking about. And it's a very serious topic. What we're going to be talking about has caused people to be canceled from their professions. It has caused people to be silenced. It has caused people to be censored and to have to take different paths to get information out. And I have dealt with a little bit of that with the original recording of 173. What you're hearing now is a new recorded version of episode 173. Uh, 173 was originally recorded over a week ago from the date that I'm actually recording this now. And myself and my co-host, Amber Green, we sat down and we recorded an episode and we talked about the, the information and the topics and I put it forward and it would not upload to my hosting site and it wouldn't go out to the various other podcast hosting sites. And I, I didn't know why. I've never had that happen before. In the entire time I have been podcasting, that has never happened. You know, uh, I do a lot of stuff on Facebook, and I have had lots of trouble with Facebook, as everybody has. A lot of conservative and political figures that have talked and used Facebook as a medium to convey messages and to live stream have had issues, and I have been no different. I have had lots of issues. I have been censored on Facebook. I have been blocked on Facebook. I've been put in Facebook jail, and I have not been able to go live. I've had information deleted, and a lot of issues that a lot of people are familiar with. I have never had an issue with a podcast episode. Now, I do two separate things, and a lot of people don't differentiate between. And some people are crossover listeners, and some people listen to one or the other. And I wish, my hope and my dream is, 
is that everybody would listen to these episodes. Everybody would listen to these audio podcasts. These are what I put the most amount of work into. These are what really helps drive my, my platform. It's what runs lights around here. Uh, and it, it's what is my dream and my baby. What I do on Facebook is just a way to try and get people to look these episodes up. All right. I do that to try to drive people here. It's not the other way around. I don't do these to drive people to Facebook. I Facebook and social media to drive people here. I'm going to ask that you share the show with everyone you know. Tell folks they can find us on all major podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is search for us by name, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, or they can search us up on Google, Bilbrey Podcast, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, or go to the home link, perception.fireside.fm. It's real easy. You guys know how to do it. Have others in your life do it, please. This is a show out of all of the other 172, whatever, some shows, plus the bonus episodes, that I feel like everybody should listen to. I don't care if you have someone in your life that is not political. This is not a political show. I don't care if you have someone in your life who hates me. This is not a show about my adventures and my life and something that I'm going to be jamming me down people's throats. I feel like everyone should listen to this. Now, I want to be very clear. I am not a doctor. I am not an attorney. I am not giving medical advice. I am not giving legal advice. I am not trying to misrepresent myself as a healthcare professional or someone in the know medically, someone trying to give legal advice or in the know legally. I am just a political commentator who has lived a life. I am a white male that is heterosexual. I am... A little overweight, but I am generally healthy otherwise, with no underlying health issue health issues that you know I am being treated for or have been treated for. Knock on wood and you know, with with God's will. Um I am simply going to be talking to you about something that has been creeping into my life for the last little bit now, and it's something that has been unsettling me, and it's something that has been bothering me, and at first, I have to admit, I was afraid to talk about it. Because I know that people who talk about what we're going to be talking about find themselves canceled, 
find themselves censored, find themselves shut down, shut out, and pushed away. And I didn't want that to happen. And so I kind of shied away from it. The other issue is this is very polarizing. And I know that there are people that are going to listen to this that are probably going to be angry with me when they hear this. And some of those people are people that I hold near and dear to me, people that are important to me, people that I consider to be friends or that I feel like they consider me as a friend. And I know that there are going to be people that aren't that close, but they are acquaintances, they listen, and they like what they hear in the political shows or in the other community pieces or kind of the funnier parts or when I talk about my life, they like all of that, and they may not like this. I'm going to be very clear. I am not attempting to change your mind. I am simply trying to provide information as I am seeing it, and I am taking information in, I am simply trying to work through this in my own head. And I think to myself, as I've been working through this, what better way to do that than to do that with you all? Why not talk it out with you? so that you can listen to that information. Maybe I talk through something and one of you hears something and one of you has some kind of answer for something that I'm talking about and you contact me and we are able to solve the puzzle together for for my life or for your life, not for everyone, because I don't think that one size fits all. I do not believe that. And we'll get into what we're talking about here. But I just want to be very clear that I'm not trying to shape your life with what you do in this aspect. In other aspects, yes, I want you to get active. I want you to listen to what I have to say. Hell, a lot of the times I want you to take what I have to say and I want you to run with it. And I want it to be your banner. In this situation, I'm simply providing you with information that I have seen, I have heard, I have been researching, and I'm going to talk to you about how I am living in my life with this information, and then you are free to do with it what you choose. If you listen to this, and you agree with me, and you choose to live your life in a similar way, more power to you. If you listen to this, and you choose to not do anything with the information, more power to you. If you listen to this and you hate what I say and you want to argue with me, more power to you. If you listen to this and you hate what I say and you just choose to completely shut down, more power to you. All of those options and probably many more are available for you and you're able to do as you need to and as you please. And I am right there with you saying, 
go for it. Okay. I want to talk to you in this episode about COVID-19, about the vaccine, about medicine in America and medicine throughout the world and vaccines, I guess, in general. I want to talk to you about a problem I see with our medical community. And it's a problem that I've been seeing. And it's really odd how it all came together. And we'll discuss all of that. I'm going to be very clear when I say I'm not trying to say that any of this is the gospel or that I am a professional in any way. I am simply a political commentator who is working through information as we all are. And I'm just doing it behind a microphone for you all to hear and for you all to choose what and how and when and why you do the things in your life. I am not trying to alter anything that you do in any way. I am simply looking for a discussion. And I want to be able to have a civilized discussion with people that I agree with, people that agree with me, with people that I disagree with, with people that disagree with me, with people that simply say, I don't know, because that's really where I'm at. I don't know. I do want to say that I had recorded this show, a part of this show, uh, 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 a, a shell of this show with a little bit other information with my co-host, and I uploaded it, and it did not load. It was the only thing that I can say censored, and it didn't go out to all of the hosting sites. It didn't go out on my platform. It was just not there. And I tried another way, and it still didn't go. And I got to thinking, in case this is bad, in case we are canceled, I don't want to hurt Amber. So I re-recorded the show, and in that meantime, other information has come to light. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of be bouncing back and forth here a little bit, but I feel like you'll be able to follow. So, obviously, it's November 2021 when I'm recording this. I don't know necessarily when you'll listen. Mid to late November, early December, for the most of you listening. For those of you listening past that, I'm sure the same information applies, but information is coming out almost every day every week every month and and information may change so depending on when you're listening to this understand i am talking to you with the information that i have as of the mid end of november 2021 i am a covid-19 survivor I have had COVID-19. 
I was sick. I started to get a fever. First, it came on as a fever, and the fever was pretty oppressive. It felt like it was pushing down on me. I took my fever, and for the first 24 hours, I did not take anything to combat the fever because I only had ibuprofen, and I remembered back when COVID first hit, they said, do not take ibuprofen. So I did not take anything. I needed to get someone to bring me Tylenol. And I eventually got Tylenol. It was about 24 to almost 36 hours after the fever first started. And I had a headache for the first day. And I just wanted to sleep. And when I woke up the next morning... I had a cold, I had a cough, and it was deep into my lungs, like I felt like I had mucus, and I would try to cough, and it would burn my lungs. It would burn when I would cough, but it would feel like I, it was like a heavy cough, like I was actually trying to cough something up out of my lungs. What I never issue, had an issue with, was breathing. My throat got a little raspy, and that happens a lot when I get sick. As you can tell now, my throat is raspy. And I was worried, okay? I don't have other underlying health concerns, as I've stated, but I am overweight, all right? And so I was concerned because, as we have all heard, being overweight is a bad situation for COVID-19. And I was talking to those people that I care about and that care about me and and that that are part of my life. And I was kind of freaking out. And I was like, I don't want to have COVID. And they were saying, oh, it's not going to be COVID. It's not COVID. You're okay. You know, it's just a cold or it's it's just your sinus issues. And, and, and I've dealt with sinus issues so much in my life. I knew that that's not what this was. I kept saying, yeah, yeah, maybe it is. But I knew that it wasn't because the fever was so crazy. Now, when I started taking Tylenol, I would take two Tylenol every six to eight hours like clockwork. And that kept my temperature down. My temperature never went above 101. 101 was the highest it ever went. Uh, the headache went away. I was having a cough. And I got tested, and I was positive for COVID-19. Now, I don't know what strand I had or what variant I had, if it was the Delta variant or or whatever. I just said positive for COVID-19. I did the test, and I had it. And I quarantined, and I stayed away from people. I did not engage with people. And I started reading everything. And like everybody else, I've been inundated with all of this stuff. For the last year and a half or longer, whatever, however long, two years at this point, November, December is when it started coming out in, in China, 2019, I think, December, January, whatever. And so I have studied all of this. I am a hypochondriac. I do not want to get sick. I, I do everything I can to avoid germs and avoid this situation just in regular life, I don't like being sick. 
And so I regularly wash hands and I don't like touching people. I, I keep my hands out of my mouth and off my face. And, and I do what I can to make sure that, you know, I don't eat or drink after people. Uh, I'm not, you know, kissing strangers in, in weird locations, you know. I live my life and, and I try to do it in my little bubble. I wear a face mask, not because anyone tells me to or, or that I'm made to, but because it gives me a sense of security. Whether it's doing anything or not, I do not know. So many people say that it does not. I don't know. It's made me feel a little bit better, so I've done it. I wash my hands. I stay out of large crowds. When I'm in a place with people, I do my best to social distance. I do so at a greater distance than six feet, if I can help it at all. And I've been very careful. I've, I've done things for my family, I have my elderly grandparents, and others in my family to make sure that they don't get it or that I don't get it and give it to them. When the vaccine first came out, I was happy. Like everybody else, I had I had a COVID pandemic, like PTSD. I was I was burnt out on it. I was over it. I was like, yes, the vaccine is going to be wonderful. We can get this. We're going to be safe. Then the issues and the worry and the concerns started coming out because of various problems. And then I started doing research, and I was like, wait a minute. This has been pretty quick for a vaccine to come out. And then the political stuff started and everyone went crazy. If you all remember, we had a presidential election that was going on. The Democrats at the time were saying, if the vaccine comes out while Trump is president, you know, you don't want to be the first in line to take it. I'd hold off. Then when the Democrats won, they were like, you better take this. So that's very crazy to me, full of hypocrisy, nonsense, and it does not help anybody when that is how the game is played. I hate that. I hate that people cannot have common sense. Oh, if the vaccine comes out when Donald Trump is president, you don't want to take it. But oh, now that we're president, you better stand in line to take it. That is nonsense to me. It's bullshit, and we should all let them all know how much bullshit it is. Both of them, the Republicans and the Democrats, they're all engaged with all of that hypocritical nonsense. Okay? It's not one or the other. It's not people hating Trump and Trump people hating Biden or Clinton or everybody. It's all of them not doing what is best for us, the citizens. And we should be mad about that. So, people talked about, should I get the vaccine? Should I get this vaccine? Should I get that vaccine? What vaccine? No vaccine. And everyone started talking about how much Fauci was saying this and saying that, and he changed his mind every other day, and every time he was in front of a TV, he said something different. 
and people didn't know what to do. Then people started saying, well, you need to talk to your doctor and do as your doctor tells you. And I sat down with my family and we had various conversations about this. My stepfather is a pharmacist. He worked around sick people. He worked in a store. And when they were offered the vaccine, he had to take it per his company, and he took it. He is a very healthy man. He took the vaccine, and he had no issue. Now, before he was vaccinated, he was sick back some time ago, and he believes that he had covid This would have been before anyone was really getting tested. So he would never really know if he had it or not at the time. But he believes he did. My mother also was very sick back in, oh, December of 2019, January of 2020. And it was very much like the COVID symptoms. And she was sick for a while. And when all of the symptoms finally came out, she like hit every single one of them. But it was in December 19 or or early January 2020. So who knows? Could she have had it? Maybe. I don't know. It's crazy like that. But we talked about them taking the vaccine. Phil did it because of work. My mother decided to. She is very early 60s. She's got COPD. She's got asthma. And she took it. When she took the first vaccine, she was sick for like a day after. When she took the follow-up dose, she was sick for a couple days. But she has been okay. God God continued to, to protect them with that. Knock on wood, thank God. God willing, they will continue to be okay. Because at this point, we just don't know a whole lot about the vaccine. Yes, they say it's safe. Yes, they say there are no problems. But here's the one thing that I can say. I don't care if if you're a doctor. I don't care if you work for the Board of Health. I don't care if you're an EMS person. I don't care if you're Dr. Fauci. I don't care if you are the founder of Pfizer. The one thing I can tell you is no one has ever had the vaccine longer than four years, longer than five years, longer than 10 years. We do not have a long-term study. We do not have a long-term understanding of what this vaccine would do to the human body, what it can do to the human body, what it might do to the human body at at two years, at three years, at four years, at five years, at 10 years. Can it hurt you in some way? Will it hurt you in some way? We don't know. We don't know what long-term effects of COVID will do. There's speculation. The doctors are saying every day something new, but no one's had COVID for five years. No one had COVID, got over it, and then 10 years later had something because it's all new. Remember the word novel, novel virus? Okay, all of this is new. So I don't care what anyone says. We are all living on the edge of our seat with this. We are at the very beginning of all of this because it is a novel situation. So no one can tell you with certainty 
anything. Yes, the vaccine may hurt you. No, the vaccine might not hurt you. Maybe it'll hurt you, but maybe it's less than what having COVID would do. Who knows? Maybe having COVID might be tougher and the vaccine makes it better. Who knows? When I had COVID-19, I didn't really have a bad go of it. Thank God. That was a total blessing. I had it for, for several days. For several days, I had a temperature. I had the cold. I felt like I, I was coughing things up. But the number one thing that everyone that is in the medical field that I trust told me was, make sure you monitor your breathing. If you get to a point where you feel like you're sucking air, and what sucking air is, is this. It's like what you sound like after you run and you're trying to catch your breath. It's the, like, between each words, I'm trying to suck air because I can't get oxygen in. That's what they're talking about. If you're just sitting there and you sound like that, that's a problem. If you get up to just walk to the bathroom and you sound like that just walking to the bathroom, that's a problem. If you have COVID-19 and you have a fever, you have a cold, you lose your taste or you lose your smell or you lose both, or you get sick to your stomach or you have a headache or you need to sleep all the time, do whatever you need to do and most of those things are just what they are. The thing to monitor is your breathing. If you start having problems breathing, do not delay. Talk to your doctor. Get to the ER. Don't wait one hour. Don't wait six hours. Don't wait 12 hours. Don't wait 24 hours. They are saying that is what makes the difference between people who have a hard go of it and people who get treated is they do not delay in the treatment once they have an issue with breathing. All of the other issues aren't horrible. The temperature, the headache, the loss of smell or taste, the sleepiness, the fogginess, the aches and pains, that's all stuff that is not that bad. But it's the breathing that is the concern. Okay? We don't know how this affects you. But at the same time, we don't know how the vaccine affects you. Now, at this time, I'm going to tell you, I am not vaccinated. I have not been vaccinated. And I want to be very clear about saying this. I am not not vaccinated because Biden is telling me I need to and I'm fighting this because of a political stance. I am not stubborn and keeping myself from getting the jab because of any kind of political or moral stance or any agenda. I am simply not getting the jab, the vaccine, at this point in time because I've been blessed lucky, careful, whatever you want to say, to, to keep mitigated. 
Here's what I know for sure. I did not want to get COVID-19. I also did not want to get the vaccine. I did not want to get COVID-19, nor did I want to get the vaccine. I was afraid of getting COVID-19. I was afraid of getting the vaccine. I am afraid of doctors and getting sick and hospitals and all of that to begin with. So someone like that is going to have a fear of all of this to begin with. This is not a political stance for me. This is not a proving the Democrats wrong or my friends that are liberal or proving that I'm a hard and tough conservative or libertarian. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that I feel like medicine should be individualized. We are hearing about this mandate The federal government mandate just went into effect today. If you were a federal employee, you needed to have the vaccine by today's date. The 22nd of November. Monday, the 22nd, 2021. For those that did not have it, I don't know if they're terminated. I don't know if they're on leave until they get it. I don't know what the situation is, but I know that it's not good for them because they are being forced to do something that is a medical situation. And people will say, well, it's for the greater good. It's because you could have COVID-19 and you could get me sick or your grandparents sick or my grandparents sick. And to that, now we all know that you can say, you can have the vaccine and you can still get them sick. That's the part that I'm so confused about. This thing is so backwards. It has some crazy death rate. It's killed lots and 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 lots of people. And that's sad. And I mourn every death. There are actually people out there who say they do not mourn the deaths of those that are unvaccinated. And that is crazy to me. I know they're mad. I know they're making a point. I know they're scared. I know they're stubborn. I know, seriously, no way deep down do they mean that. Nobody is happy that someone's dead, whether they are your political rival or not. I know that's something that they're just saying. They're being hyperbolic. I get it. But there are people that are actually saying that. I am not happy that anyone is dead. I am mourning the loss of everyone. And I am mourning with the family members, the loved ones who are left behind. The people who didn't have a chance to get the vaccine if they wanted it. The people who got vaccinated and still got sick. The people who died of the vaccine. The people who died of COVID-19. Whatever is going on, if someone lost their life in connection 
I mourn that person. At the same time, common sense has to rule the day. All right? Listen to me. Listen to me. You can get COVID-19 and not be sick and spread it. You can get COVID-19 and be sick and survive and spread it while you were sick. You can get COVID-19 and be very sick and spread it and, and then eventually die. You can get COVID-19 and have weird symptoms and spread it. You can get the vaccine and maybe you won't get COVID. Maybe you'll be fine. But you can not get the vaccine and maybe you won't get COVID and maybe you'll be fine. You can get the vaccine and you can die as a result of something in the vaccine. You can get the vaccine and you can still get COVID. And you can still spread COVID. So at that point, like what? But you can get the vaccine, you can get COVID, you can spread COVID, and you can not be very sick. You, you can survive it. You can get the vaccine, you can get COVID, you can get very sick, and you can still spread it. You can get the vaccine, you can get COVID, you can get very sick, you can still spread it, and you can die. So basically, what I hear when I hear that is no matter what you do, you can get COVID and you can spread COVID. Now, to me, when I hear that, I have to ask myself, why then do I want to pump a bunch of chemicals into my body, medicines, that I'm not really sure what is in these medicines, what, what this medicine does long-term. Again, no one is because no one has had a chance to research this long-term because we've only had it all told the vaccine for, you know, a year, a little over a year. We've only had COVID for a year and, you know, eight, nine months. So none of this has been studied three, four, five, six, ten years. You never know what down the road we may learn about all of this. We may learn some kind of cure for it. We may be able to eradicate the virus. Who knows what we learn down the road? But common sense has to rule the day. And when we say to each other, 
you can get sick and you can spread this with or without the vaccine. <laughs> so, in trying to research this, because I have a lot of people in my life that wanted me to get the vaccine and I didn't want to disappoint them, I started trying to research this. And I wanted to know what the various drugs were in this because everyone said, well, the FDA approved this. The FDA approved the vaccine. The, the FDA approved it. It must be okay. But let's be honest about what that means. When the FDA approves a drug for treatment of something, okay, Everyone assumes that must mean that it's all right, that it's okay. But nearly a third of all FDA-approved drugs have problems that have to be corrected. 71 novel therapeutics approved from 2001 to 2010 had post-market safety events. What does that mean? Well, it means 71 drugs that were sent to the FDA for approval had issues after the FDA gave the approval. It meant the FDA said these are safe, but they weren't. They had issues. What what kind of issues? Well, I, I you know, we'd have to delve into it to look and they are all out there, but this is something that we all need to keep in mind. Three were withdrawn completely. 61 received box warnings. 59 were required further safety communications. Experts say there are benefits of monitoring drug safety even after the FDA approval because when you're creating a new drug to treat X disease, X virus x whatever you're treating with the new drug the new therapeutic you're giving it to humans and humans have different bodies humans have different things they eat ways they take care of themselves they live in different places in the world and everyone is a little bit different in how their body reacts to certain chemicals and what is introduced to it. And with 7 billion people on the planet, of course you're going to have people who react to things differently. That is why we shouldn't have one-size-fits-all Medications. That's why we shouldn't have one size fits all healthcare. That's why we need individualized medicine. You know, what is wrong with saying if you want the vaccine, go and get the vaccine? Talk with your doctor, go get it, and live life happily. If you don't want the vaccine, or you want to talk to your doctor and take your doctor's advice, or not take your doctor's advice, live life happily. We already know that you can get the vaccine and still get COVID and still spread COVID. You can get the vaccine 
and you can live if you get COVID or you can die if you get COVID. You can get COVID if you don't have the vaccine and you can live or you can die and you can still spread it. So if the underlying thing here is no matter what you do, you can still get COVID and it might be treatable, it might be okay, and you might come out the other side, or you might get really sick, or you might get really sick and die, no matter what you do, then it comes down to what you feel is right for you. It doesn't have to be a political fight. It doesn't have to be a left versus right, right versus left thing. This doesn't have to be about Donald Trump or Joe Biden. All this has to be about is what you feel is right for you and your family and what your doctor feels is right for you and your family. And that's all I'm asking there. You know, right when I really started investigating all of this, I started watching a TV show. It was a limited series, and it was on Hulu. It's called Dope Sick. Michael Keaton's in it, Rosario Dawson, and it's it's a great show. It's called Dope Sick on Hulu. If you haven't seen this, you need to watch it. It surrounds the opioid epidemic, and it kind of shows what happened. It goes back and forth in time, and it basically tells a couple different stories. It's the ramp up of the Purdue Pharma led by the Sackler family uh, to release this new drug, OxyContin, and their push for sales and to try to be the largest uh, pharmaceutical company ever and to make the most amount of money with this narcotic and to try and treat pain, quote-unquote treat pain. And then it also tells the story from these federal prosecutors and this DEA woman who's trying to crack down on this. And then it tells the story from these patients who started using OxyContin and it follows them through the use and the addiction and and what that all entails. And then it follows this doctor who was prescribing. And I'm not going to give away anything. Uh, It's not like we haven't all lived this and watched what happened. So most of us are probably aware. It's a very well put together piece and it's it's very interesting to watch but i was watching this and i was listening and one of the things struck me there was a scene when the sackler family who runs purdue pharma was talking about what they needed to do to get past the fda and and it talks about how they are very underhanded and and they had people in the fda and they would buy people off and they would have people come work for them and it was very sick and underhanded and and very criminal and absolutely disgusting they they these people are absolutely absolutely disgusting But there was a scene in this series where they were talking about how they were going to market OxyContin, and one of them brings up how one of the founding members of the family, Arthur Sackler, had marketed Valium, making it Mother's Little Helper in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and they talked about how he created a symptom that Valium could create, and he created the term psychic 
attention. And so it was now something that the pharma reps could push to the doctors. Your patients are suffering from psychic tension and you need to be prescribing Valium. And so they wanted to learn from that. And so now while they are pushing OxyContin, they were saying, you know, you've been using this OxyContin uh, for extended release at 12 hour intervals. And that has been doing okay. But for these people who are saying that's not getting them through, we need to come up with something. And they came up with the term breakthrough pain. And now you have all of these pharma reps going to all these doctors and saying, oh, yeah, don't worry if you have patients who say that the OxyContin doesn't last for the entire 12 hours. What they're suffering from is breakthrough pain. And all you need to do is double the dose. And I thought, wait a minute, that's amazing. Look, they just created this new word that their medicine needed to, to fix. And this is a big pharma company. It's Purdue Pharma, you know, like Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and & Johnson and, and all of these other pharma companies that we are currently hearing about in the COVID vaccine situation. And it like dawned on me, breakthrough, breakthrough. What, where have I heard that word? Well, think about this. Remember back when they were telling us all we needed to do was come up with a vaccine that if we could just wear these masks and if we could just shut everything down, 15 days to flatten the curve and everything would be okay. And then we could come up with a, a vaccine and we could all take the vaccine and we would all be good and everything would be hunky-dory and there would be no problems and we would all be living life again. And then people started taking the vaccine and guess what? These people who were vaccinated started getting COVID-19 and all of a sudden, they come out with this phrase, breakthrough cases. Well, what's a breakthrough case? Well, a breakthrough case is when you're fully vaccinated and you still get COVID-19. And one of these phrases I will always remember reading, it was actually in the Star Press, and I think that they had taken uh, another article from a larger paper like they will do the USA Today or, or whatever they do when they do that. And I remember reading this, and this was sometime back in early January of this year, when a doctor had said, we're looking at all of this wrong. We are seeing cases of people who are vaccinated getting this virus. And in some cases, they're getting very sick. And in some cases, they're dying. We need to stop thinking that this means it doesn't work. And we need to actually think this is exactly how it works. Because if we start vaccinating more people, that means there will be more people who are vaccinated, which means there will be people who inevitably get COVID-19. And that means it's working. And I read that line and I thought, what? No, that specifically means it's not working. 
I remember that line sticking out in my head, and I want to be very clear. The reason I'm not vaccinated, the reason I did not get vaccinated, is not because this is a political fight. It's not because I'm saying, well, I'm a Republican, I'm conservative, and I'm not doing what that damn Joe Biden, uh, Uncle Brandon's telling me to do. I'm not saying that at all. The reason I'm doing this is not because I'm standing my ground and saying I can't be pushed or mandated into anything. I am not getting the vaccine and haven't got the vaccine because I don't believe in the science. I am very concerned that we don't fully understand what is going on. I don't believe that we have a full grasp on what is happening here. Now, you guys all know me. I am somebody who considers myself an investigator. I'm a political commentator, and in a a former life, I, I was a police officer. I have conducted investigations. I have been an investigator, worked in the prosecutor's office as an investigator, worked as a police investigator, a detective, putting together cases, solving crimes, And in doing what I do now, I consider myself an investigator. I have information. I have to look for clues to be able to confirm that information. I'm trying to get information out of various political officials, and I have to use my different tools and techniques to get this information using sources, using record requests, and putting all of this information together and coming up with a picture to lay forward to you all and say, hey, wait a minute, this is what's going on, this doesn't look right, this is my theory, this is my commentary, now go forward and do something with this, okay? That's what I do. So I consider myself to be like a political investigator. I I use my investigative techniques a lot that I learned when I was in law enforcement to do a lot of what I do now. And so what I do is I like to look through information, I try to compile information, I I try to talk to different sources. I try to use record requests to get paperwork that is able to be given to me or anyone else in the public. And I compile all of this information. I look through all of that information and I let that information and the facts point me into the direction that it will point me into. And that's how I come up with my different thoughts and, and what I tell you guys all on these podcast episodes and on my live videos, and that's how I go about coming up with the things that I talk about and the things that I'm passionate about and how I feel about certain political figures and and how I choose to give support to various things and, and various candidates is I look at all of the information and I let the facts speak for themselves. That's very important. That's how I worked as an investigator. I might believe one thing and I get paperwork and it confirms that and that's good. I might believe another thing and I get the paperwork and the information and the facts say, no, that's not exactly it. And it points me into a totally opposite direction. And that's okay. 
sometimes that happens. You have to let the facts and the information of what you're looking at lead you rather than you and your thoughts and opinions leading the information where to go. You can never do that as a good investigator. You have to let the facts be what the facts are and the information speak for what it is. And it is what it is at that point. That's the only way that you can be fair and balanced. No matter what it says, you might not like the outcome, but the facts are the facts. And there are certain ways that you can come up with the information and the facts and all all of that, and you just learn different ways. And I have compiled all of that in my years of experience, and that's what helps me do what I do. And so I was going to do that same thing with this vaccine. I was going to compile as much information as I could, information from people who were supportive, information from people who wasn't supportive, information from doctors, information from every different source out there. And I was going to read through all of this and look at all of the information, and I was then going to let it lead me to a path that the information would lead me to, and I was going to be open-minded about it, and I was going to let it lead the path, and I was going to let the facts speak for the the facts, and the facts would be what they are, and that's just how it has to be. I'll be honest. What I was trying to do was I was trying to find all of the information I needed that said you can get the vaccine, it will be safe, you will be safe. I was trying to convince myself to get the vaccine. I was hoping that's where the facts would point me to, that it would say everything is fine with this, go ahead and get it. But that is not what happened. That's not what happened at all. Matter of fact, literally everything that I found, all of the research, everything that I came across convinced me of quite the opposite. It convinced me not to get the vaccine. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get it. If you have the vaccine, if you're going to get the vaccine, if you're convinced that the vaccine is for you, for your family, and that's the way that you guys have went, good for you, good for them, everything's wonderful. I feel that we should all be making our own choices, and I support you and support your decision for that. My grandparents are elderly. They're in pretty good health, but they are both in their 80s. We talked about it. They talked to their doctor, and I said, yes, I think you guys should get it. My mother has some health issues and nothing serious, but just some minor um, breathing type issues because she'd smoked earlier in life. And I said, yeah, I think you should probably get it. I felt okay with that, but I did not feel comfortable with myself getting the vaccine. I am simply saying, if you're an individual who thinks the vaccines are good and you want the vaccine, good for you. If you're an individual who does not want the vaccine, 
Good for you. I hope that you all take precautions because let's be very clear, whether you are vaccinated or unvaccinated, you can still get COVID. You can have a mild symptom of COVID. You can still spread COVID and you could still die. So be careful no matter what you have done, whether you are unvaccinated or vaccinated, we all need to be being careful. But I was trying to convince myself to get this vaccination and I was trying to research all that I could research. And one of the things that I use in my work to get information are record releases and record requests and what you might hear on a federal level are FOIA requests, record requests on a federal level, all right? And I think that you can get a lot of information from the governments that you're looking into because they have to give you paperwork. And a lot of times you can also get information based on what they want to try to hide from you because a lot of times they might try to put up some kind of block and stop you from getting information and that can be very telling in and of itself. Well, there was some people a while back that were talking about getting all of the data and information from all of these companies about everything that goes into the vaccines and all of the work and research that they have done because they wanted to, you know, know everything they could know about these vaccines and they wanted everything to be upfront and transparent. I want to read to you this article and I'm going to put this link in the description of this episode so you can read it for yourself. But it says FDA asks federal judge to grant it until the year 2076 to fully release Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine data. Yes, that's really the headline, folks. FDA asks federal judge to grant it until the year 2076 to fully release Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine data. The year 2076. And for those of you playing along at home, yes, that's 55 years from the year 2021. Now, why would the FDA want the judge to say that they could hold off giving the vaccine data for Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for 55 years? Isn't the point that we all are supposed to want to get this? Shouldn't we all feel safe and secure? And if everything is okay and hunky-dory, shouldn't we all be able to read this and feel secure in the fact that everything is okay? Wouldn't this help us all decide to want to rush out and get this? Why would this be? Why would they want to hold off on this? This makes no sense. So I came to find all of this information 
through a website called Zero Hedge, and I'll put a link in the description of this as well. And so the original story is from Thursday, November 18th, and it says FDA wants until 2076 to fully release Pfizer vaccine data. The FDA has asked a federal judge to make the public wait until the year 2076 to disclose all of the data and information it relied upon to license Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. That's not a typo. It wants 55 years to produce this information to the public. As explained in a prior article, the FDA repeatedly promised full transparency with regard to COVID-19 vaccines, including reaffirming the FDA's commitment to transparency when licensing Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. With that promise in mind, in August and immediately following approval of the vaccine, more than 30 academics, professors, and scientists from this country's most prestigious universities requested the data and information submitted to the FDA by Pfizer to license its COVID-19 vaccine. And just so we're all playing with the same information here, the FDA is the Food and Drug Administration. It is a federal agency. So it does have to respond to record requests and FOIA requests and things like that. So what did the FDA do when all of these people ask for this information? Well, it produced nothing. The article goes on and says, in September, this law firm filed a lawsuit against the FDA on behalf of the group to demand this information. To date, almost three months after it licensed Pfizer's vaccine, the FDA still has not released a single page not one. Instead, just two days ago, which would have been November 16th, 2021, the FDA asked a federal judge to give it until 2076 to fully produce this information. The FDA asked the judge to let it produce the 329,000 plus pages of documents Pfizer provided to the FDA to license its vaccine at the rate of 500 pages per month, which means its production would not be completed earlier than 2076. The FDA's promise of transparency is, to put it mildly, a pile of illusions. It took the FDA precisely 108 days from when Pfizer started producing the records records for licensure on May 7th, 2021, to when the FDA licensed the Pfizer vaccine, August 23rd, 2021. That means the FDA was able to completely read through 329,000 pages and fully have an understanding of all of this data in 108 days so that it could fully approve this vaccine. Taking the FDA at its word, it conducted an intense, robust, thorough, and complete review and analysis of those documents in order to assure that the Pfizer vaccine was safe and effective for licensure? Are you kidding me? 
How is that even remotely possible? It was able to do that in 108 days? What kind of bullshit is that? This this article goes on to say, while it is able to conduct an intense review of Pfizer's documents in 108 days, it's now asking for over 20,000 days to make these same documents available to the public. And I have to say that that is absolute horseshit. This article goes on to say, let's get this straight. The federal government shields Pfizer from liability. It can't get sued if something goes wrong. It gives it billions of dollars, makes Americans take its product, but it won't let you see the data supporting its product's safety and efficacy. Who does the government work for? The FDA or the people? The lesson yet again is that civil and individual rights should never be contingent upon a medical procedure. Everyone who wants to get vaccinated and boosted should be free to do so. But nobody should be coerced by the government to partake in any medical procedure. Certainly not one where the government wants to hide the full information relied upon for licensure until the year 2076. 2076. Okay, that's 55 years from now. Let's just do some math here. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, I'll be 94 years old, and it's safe to say that a good number of the folks listening to this will be a lot older than that. We most likely probably won't be here, specifically if you took the vaccine, Uh, Who really knows what goes on two years, three years, five years, ten years down the road from this? I want to be very clear. This is why medicine has to be individualized. Medicine needs to be individualized. What are they hiding? What are they hiding? Why 55 years to complete this record request. I understand it might take a little bit of time to print up and copy off 329,000 pages. We'll wait a month. You need to get this done. 55 years, I don't know what the judge is going to do. I hope, I hope, I hope the judge laughs Pfizer right out of the courtroom so hard and so loud and so fast that they're just able to be laughed back into their office space where their asses can be making these copies for the public. This should be made available on day one that it's given to the FDA. We should see what the FDA is looking at while it is determining if this was safe. Not to mention, we should definitely see it, definitely see it, before the government says they're going to mandate it. Matter of fact, the government should never mandate it. But by God, if they are, we should definitely be able to see what's in the damn thing. Vaccines, medicine, treatment 
has to be individualized. Because what I put in my body, how my body reacts to certain medicines, chemicals, or, or various other stimuli, or whatever else goes on, how it reacts to vitamins, how it reacts to sun, how it reacts to water, how it reacts to salt, how it reacts to antibiotics, or how it reacts to uh, uh, just any type of medicine is going to be different than how it reacts to something that maybe you can't take or how your body reacts to something that I can't take. You know, if you go to the hospital, you can be given an antibiotic called Augmentin. If I take that, my throat will swell up and I will die if I don't get an EpiPen. I'm allergic to Augmentin. You might not be. Okay, if Augmentin was forced for everyone out there to take it, if that was forced upon us, I would die because I'm allergic to Augmentin. Medicine must be individualized. And let's just ask ourselves, all of these people out here pushing this, saying how safe this is, and people like the, the folks that are questioning this shouldn't be questioning it. And everyone needs to grow up and do what they need to do for the greater good. My question is, how? How can anyone be asked to put this in their body when they're simply saying, let me know what's in it? It's kind of like when the Democrats say, pass the bill to know what's in it. You know, put this in your body, and then in 55 years, we'll let you know what you put in your body. I just can't with this. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any of my friends or family or people who care about me or people who listen to this that are really concerned about the virus. I, I had the virus. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't the worst experience in the world. I'm going to take steps to be cautious. I'm going to pray and hope that I have a natural immunity. I don't want it again. I'm going to do everything I can to not get it again. I hope that if I do get it again, it's the same as the last time I had it. I don't want the vaccine. And I don't want the vaccine not because I'm a Republican and Joe Biden's a Democrat or because of this or that or mandates and all that. It's because I simply just don't know enough about it. And no one can tell me enough about it. And I know that there are people out there that are saying, well, we don't know what's in the cheeseburger we eat. and We don't know what's in the... And, but, but we do. I know that if I go and I eat cheeseburgers every day, it's not going to be good for me. And so you live a life that you know. I understand that picking up a cell phone and putting it to my head and talking on it for 30 hours a day probably is not going to be good for me. So you take efforts to watch what you do. With this vaccine, I literally know nothing about it. And it's like we are bad if we ask questions. We are, we are told that we are bad if we dare to think for ourselves. You know, vaccines as a whole is a 
real big topic that is scary to talk about and scary to approach, uh, you know, here in this country. And, and it's something that you can definitely get shut down for. And people will think you're a weirdo for like, it's up there with people who talk about flat earth and we didn't go to the moon and other conspiracy theories. When you talk about vaccine and you talk about medicine and you talk Talk about healthcare, and people look at you really weird, and I don't understand it. We should all want individualized healthcare. What you do as a 65-year-old woman is not the same thing that a 25-year-old man does. We all need to be realistic. You know, there is a vaccine that we give to babies all over the world, definitely here in America. It's part of all of the vaccines that we give to children. They get so many vaccines pumped into them. And if you're ever a parent or a mother that says, wait a minute, I want to talk about this. You get nasty looks. The doctor treats you weird. School says, no, we're not going to have you come in here. And it's not saying, hey, I don't believe in vaccines. It's like, I don't want to pump them all into my child at one time. I maybe want to break them apart because we're looking at a little baby that's like, you know, 10 10 pounds or less here. And you're wanting to pump into his body or her body all of these chemicals. And I just want to say, wait a minute, can we talk about this for a second? And these mothers and these fathers are looked down upon, and I can't respect that. Rotavirus is a disease that affects children, mostly affects children, uh, children the age of five and under. And it's a disease that causes them to uh, have uh, diarrhea. And, you know, you talk about that, and diarrhea is not a pleasant thing to talk about, but you think of diarrhea, and it's something that, you know, you might have for a minute or two, uh, for a little bit if you're sick, and, and then you get past it. Now, diarrhea is a very serious thing, and like I said, it's not pleasant to talk about. We'll move past it real quick. But chances are, if you are a healthy adult living in America or living at most places in the world, you're not going to die from it. But it can be serious because it, along with other issues, it can cause you to become dehydrated and you can get really sick and people have died from that. And in other parts of the world that are like third world countries, maybe they don't have access to uh, the best medicines, they don't have access to the best health care, they don't have access to clean sanitary water, and all of that, diarrhea can be more serious. So in those third world countries, giving the rotavirus vaccine makes sense. In America, to give the child born in 2021 or 2022 or 2076, when we can all finally read the Pfizer documentations, <laughs> to think that a child in America is going to die of dehydration because of di diarrhea, because of the rotavirus, is kind of unthinkable. 
Now, it can still happen because there are neglectful parents. There are desperately poor parents or drug-addicted parents or people who are neglectful of their children for various other reasons, and they don't get them health care. And for that reason, doctors just across the board give us all the rotavirus vaccines as babies. And it's like what they're saying here is the lowest common denominator might kill their children because of diarrhea. And even though that isn't your situation, we're just going to across the board pump this vaccine into your child. Because most people, if their child developed diarrhea, they would be concerned. They would go get Pedialyte and and talk to the doctor. And if it was serious and it lasted more than a day or or, or two or whatever, and and they needed medical intervention, they would take the child and get medical intervention and everything would be okay. And so essentially, the rotavirus vaccine is not needed. But yet we pump it into children anyways. And that's because. That's because. Medicine and healthcare is not individualized. And to apply that to this vaccine for COVID-19. And to apply that to our lives today is very scary. And to think that we are looked at as bad conspiracy theorist, crazy, um, uh, right-wing, lunatic, uh, fringe, you know, proud boy, white power, um, uh, militia anti-vaxxers because we say we want to know what you're pumping in us. You know, we feel as though the 108 days that the FDA took to look through 330,000 pages of documentation might not be good enough. Maybe we're concerned. You know, I'm not a doctor. You're probably not a doctor. And if you looked through that, you probably wouldn't know, neither would I. But there are people out there that would, and they could look through these pages, and they could write up articles, and we could read these articles, and we could get an opinion from these other folks and use that opinion to form our own opinion. And it could help us. And even questioning that, even stating that very fact there, makes me a bad guy. It makes me targeted. It makes this possibly something that you won't even be able to hear because of censorship, because of cancel culture, because I might be put on a list and they'll say, nope. And we have to ask ourselves if we're okay with this. Why 
Why would we be okay with that? Why, if it's something that's out here designed to make us all better and it can't hurt us, is all of this happening? Keep in mind, there's like a 98 or 99% survival rate. To this illness and that's not discounting the many 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 people that have died and I'm not trying to belittle any of that and I understand it's very serious and I understand if you feel like you need to be vaccinated that you should do that because our mental health matters as well and I know that there are people that are very worried about this and for your mental health if you feel more secure being vaccinated and getting the booster, then you should do that. But if you're so stressed and so worried about this as a hypochondriac like myself, then for your mental health, maybe you should be able to say, yeah, I think I'll wait until I can read the papers in 55 years. All right, folks, you are listening to the 173rd episode of Perception is Reality. This episode is called 2076. I think you are probably aware of why I've called it that. I want to say right now that I have made the decision in this episode not to mention sponsors. And I think it's probably pretty safe to... Uh, assume why I did that. I did not want to connect any of my sponsors to any of my thoughts in this episode. I, I don't want anyone else to take heat for anything that I'm saying. I know what I'm saying is or may be controversial. I may be censored more for this. We had the first recording of this show censored, and when I decided to re-record it, I, I even went as far as not involving my co-host because I don't want to cause issues for her, for her business, so I decided to go at this alone. I had more information than when we originally recorded the show, and I wanted to talk about that, so I put that in here and I went at this alone without talking about my sponsorships. Uh, I will say you guys that listen to this podcast week in and week out, you know who my sponsors are. If you get a chance to use any of those sponsors, please do. I would appreciate it. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to them. But I want to use this second uh, and this time where I would normally have a couple minutes of ads, two or three ads that play throughout an episode to talk about the podcast here, to talk about what I do and to talk about our relationship. You know how much the podcast means to me. Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey is the most important thing to me. It is very important to be able to discuss things with you guys. It's very important, the content that I put out, and whether we're talking about this audio episode, which is my baby, or the live video episodes on Facebook, 
it's all important to me. This obviously is the number one thing. It's what I care most about. It's what I put most of my time and energy into. And all of this political activism, political commentary, and everything I do is aimed at trying to get citizens to understand how important it is to get educated, get active, and involved in government. I want to better my local, better my state, and better my federal government by my citizen involvement. And I want to get educated. I want to continue the education process. I want to help other citizens get educated. And I want to help get people to understand how important it is to stand up and ask questions, to stand up and hold our elected officials accountable. I want people to understand how important it is to vote and to vote for the right people. I want citizens to understand how important it is to keep these people honest, to keep these people communicating with us, to keep them transparent, and to hold them accountable. I want citizens to understand how rewarding it can be and how fun it can be. I want citizens to understand the importance of getting active at local meetings and understanding that they have a right to ask questions and to be a part of it and that we can make a difference. Making a difference and bettering government through citizen involvement doesn't take all of your time. It doesn't have to be a massive undertaking, but we can all get active and involved and we can get this place whether it's a town, a city, a county, a state, or the United States, on the right track again, on a track that we want to be on by our citizen involvement. And I'm serious about that. People might laugh. You might think it's goofy. You might think it's funny. But it is something that can happen. I've seen it happen in various communities that I've been active and involved in, and it's something that I feel strongly about, and it's what we do here at the podcast, and I'm going to ask you, like I always do, please share the show with everyone you know. Remind folks we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. Whether you like me, whether you hate me, whether you agree with what I say or you disagree with what I say, I always make myself available. People can call me. People can email me. People can hit me up on social media. You can find me at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook you or, or facebook.com slash Bilbrey318. You can send me a private message there. You can comment on my wall or comment on any of the videos, however you want to do that. You can email me at khbilbury at gmail.com or you can text or call me at the studio line of 765-546-9796. Whether you agree or disagree, if you want to say attaboy or you want to fight and argue, call me, text me, get a hold of me. If you want to help with content, you can let me know if you're interested in hearing about something, if you have someone that wants to be interviewed, whatever you want to do, I'm willing to have that conversation because having the conversation is the start of it all and that is very important. So I am here, I'm willing to talk, I'm willing to help you. If you have questions about what goes on, if you want to run, if you want to help someone that's running, if you need information 
information, turn to me. If I don't know the answer, I will help you find the answer. I will find somebody that knows it, and I will get you in touch with the person that can help you out. That's what it's all about. It's about creating a bigger platform and opening this up to a larger audience so that we have more and more and more people who can also interact with us so we have a larger world view and so we can better government through citizen involvement. It's going to take all of us. One person can make a difference. 10 people can do even more, 100 people can do even more, and 1,000 can do even more. And we can keep going from there until we have the government, have the community that we want to see. And that's what it's all about. We all have access to this. We all can make a difference. And it starts with you, where you're at, and it can start today. Better late than never, and there's no time like now. So please help spread this show and the podcast as a whole by word of mouth on social media. Help share the various links to episodes and the home link. Remember, we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites simply by looking for us by name. Perception is Reality with Christopher A. Bilbury. You can also search that on Google or simply enter in Bilbury Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. We'll pull right up. You can always go to the home link and find everything. That's perception.fireside.fm. Again, that is perception.fireside.fm. I thank you for listening, whether you've been listening since the beginning or you've started just for this episode. Please continue listening, and I thank you for everything that you do in your community and beyond. All right, folks, we are talking about individualized medicine. This episode is titled 2076. This is the 173rd episode of Perception is Reality. We're getting ready to wrap up. I just wanted to say as we ended in the other side of this individualized medicine, we have to talk about taking personal responsibility for our actions and for various aspects of what goes on. When I look at myself, I see myself as a fairly healthy individual. I know I'm a little overweight. I've started working on that. I'm eating better. I'm walking. Everyone knows I'm excited about that. And I started losing some weight. I need to get back on it. I need to uh, bust myself down a little bit more and and lose some more poundage. I understand that. That's a personal thing I need to do. And everybody has to do the work that they want to do. Maybe you're happy with where you're at. But we know where we stand in our lives. And I know that I have a little bit of work to do. But beyond that, I'm otherwise healthy. And I'm blessed to be healthy. And I know what my doctors know. And they know what, what I know. And and we talk about what there is and what there isn't to, to be afraid of or worried about. And we have to all take that into consideration. If I just go in 
with myself being at very low risk for a serious side effect of the COVID virus. I've already had COVID virus, and I went through it pretty successfully, thank God. I am so blessed. I'm glad that it wasn't bad. I'm glad that it wasn't serious, and I hope that I don't get it again. But if I do, I'm going to do everything that my doctors say, and I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that I'm not sick. But if I just went in and took the vaccine and then a couple months later took the booster, I would be taking vaccines away and the booster away from other people who might need that worse than me. There might be an elderly person or there might be a person in a third world country that could have used that shot. And look, I understand that it's not like if I don't take it, they're going to get my shot. The point is, we need to stop living like just because we are who we are in this place or that place that we are any more important or someone else is less important than we are because, well, I'm so-and-so and I live at da-da-da-da-da street. That doesn't matter. We have to look at what's going on in our lives. If the vaccine is important to you, take the vaccine. If you're scared and your mental health is dependent upon the the security that you think the vaccine gives you, then take the vaccine. Talk with your doctor and do what's right for you. But if it's worrying you to take this medicine that you're not sure about and that you can't get any information on and and it's only been a year into it and who knows what's going to happen at year two, at year three, at year four, at year five, at year ten, and your mental health is deteriorating because of that concern, then don't take it. Individualize your health care. Talk with your doctors and demand individualized care. If you don't like what you're hearing from your doctor, fire him or her and get a new doctor. This is you, your life, and your health care. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, no one else should tell you about your body and what you should do with your body. Understand that here in America, we have so many people vaccinated. They have so many boosters ordered. Before the vaccine was even out, they said that we had enough vaccines ordered for every American to have four shots. And there are other countries where they haven't even become close to start getting all the folks that need to be vaccinated, vaccinated. There are people in other countries that don't have their first shot yet, and they have piss poor health care. They have very low access to good quality medicine or to uh, doctors, and their situations are a lot different than ours are. So you have to look at your standing and your situation in life. If you have a child at home and that child isn't around people and the child is five years old and you're the only person that that child is around and you're not around very many people, does that child need to be vaccinated? Probably not. Quit trying to push that down the throats of children and parents. 
If you're an 80-year-old grandmother that has COPD and you're in a nursing home around a lot of other people and nurses coming in and out, yeah, you might need to be vaccinated. If you live in Africa and you only get to see a doctor once a year and you don't have very uh, good running water or clean water, you don't have access to quality medicines, your food isn't the best that it can be, and, and you're running on you know subpar conditions for your nutrition and, and for everything else health-wise, yeah, it might be more important for you to get the vaccine, or it might be more important for your doctor to get vaccinated so that when he sees you, he's not ill and spreads it to you. Have we thought about that? Why do I, in a place in my life where I'm probably going to fall in the category of being in that 98 or 99% survival rate, need to take the vaccine when my doctor says, yeah, you probably don't need to take the vaccine. When there are people out there that their doctor or, or medical professionals would be like, yes, this person should definitely have the vaccine. We just need to keep that in mind, folks. Medicine, I don't care if we're talking about COVID-19, we're talking about AIDS, we're talking about pregnancy, we're talking about mental health or whatever else. Medicine, healthcare has to be individualized. One size does not fit all. All right, folks, you guys have been fantastic. Please share the show with everyone you know. Episode 174 will appear next week. Unless we're canceled, you guys will be the first to know. And the way you'll know is, well, you won't hear anything. We hope we're not canceled. I hope that you were able to hear this episode. And if you have anything to add, good, bad, or indifferent, if you agree or disagree, please let us know. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Take care of yourselves. God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful, happy, and healthy Turkey Day. Be safe. Be COVID-mindful but also don't be fearful. And I'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.